Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Sally Raffi, is a PharmD, BCPS, APH, NCMP, and is the founder and expert of the Birth Control Pharmacist. Dr. Raffi graduated from the University of California, San Francisco School of Pharmacy, and is a board-certified pharmacotherapy specialist, as I mentioned. She's licensed as a pharmacist and an advanced practice pharmacist in California. She's earned um, numerous credentials and is currently a specialist at the UC San Diego Health Facility. She sees patients for contraceptive and more at the UC San Diego Health Women's Health Services Clinic. She founded the Pharmacist Clinic, the first pharmacist-run clinic in a community pharmacy where she provides contraception and other clinical services. As an assistant clinical professor of health sciences at the UC San Diego Skaggs School of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences, she teaches and trains pharmacy students about emergency contraception, youth-friendly pharmacy services, and hormonal contraception. Uh, She developed or helped develop the California statewide protocol for self-administered hormonal contraceptives adopted by the Board of Pharmacy. Sally, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much, Hillary. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Sure. I mean, a lot of times people ask me how I got so interested in contraception and the pharmacist role and all this. And I kind of start by, you know, even as a young person, I was very passionate about reproductive rights. And when I was in pharmacy school, I actually saw that there's a way as a healthcare professional to contribute and help to provide access to these products and services. So that's really where my passion for all of this stemmed. Um, And since then, it's just been a really exciting time to be involved in this field. And like many other pharmacists, I, I just see so much opportunity for our roles and doing what I can to try to advance our practice and, and help the general public really recognize all that we can do for them. Awesome. So Sally, what is a birth control pharmacist and what are, explain some of the services that we mentioned earlier um, that you and others are providing? Yeah, so the main the main service that now is gaining a lot of attention and popularity is basically pharmacists prescribing self-administered hormonal products that can be administered by patients to themselves um, and we're able to prescribe those for them. And that would include products like birth control pills, patches, the ring, um, and also injections, uh, but not, not methods like the intrauterine devices or the implant that obviously would require a, a different type of trained clinician to provide those methods. 
And so we're seeing more and more states that are approving pharmacists to provide birth control, which is really exciting to expand some prescriptive authority for pharmacists. Which states have really been leading the way in this? You know, the initial work in this was done actually in Washington state. Um, They started a couple of decades ago with really expanding their pharmacist scope of practice to allow for collaborative practice agreements with any medications. But they had some champions there, um, including Don Downing, who really pushed for pharmacist role in contraception access. And so they really led the way with some pilot projects, looking at the safety of having patients self-screen themselves for eligibility to use hormonal contraception, and also with their satisfaction with getting it at the pharmacy and demonstrating all of that. Awesome. And so Sally, um, walk us through a little bit about what that might look like for a pharmacist to pursue to prescribe? Is that typically happening in a regular retail pharmacy setting? Or um, do you see it more in a clinic setting like where you practice in Yeah, good question. Actually, just to to follow up on on my previous response, after Washington did the initial groundwork, California was the first state to actually pass legislation that was specific to hormonal contraception. So I just wanted to elaborate a little bit on that. So California led the way with the first legislation that specifically said pharmacists can prescribe um, these hormonal contraceptive products under statewide protocol. Um, And that really started a new precedent that happened in 2013. And it really started a chain of events that many states have followed since. Um, And we've got now over 10 states that have passed similar legislation. Um, in terms of who is providing these services, it's it's primarily going to be at the community pharmacy setting. Of course, the protocols and regulations don't speak to the setting. So pharmacists in ambulatory care practices or community clinics, um, even in larger health systems can also provide these services. Uh, but largely, we're seeing that it's going to be in community pharmacies where the patient can walk in, have their clinical consultation with the pharmacist and get their supplies and walk out the door. So really making it a one-stop shop. Um, And that's where these protocols are most effective in expanding the pharmacist scope of practice because many pharmacists who work in ambulatory care settings already have authorities, whether it be under their individual organization or they have a collaborative practice agreement that allows them to do this type of service. So it's it's more on the community level where we're seeing the biggest impact. Awesome. And so where can pharmacists get extra training on prescribing birth control if they live in one of so these So we have states? a training program that's available through birth control pharmacist, uh, but there are other training providers as well. And it really varies by state what the individual state has required the training to look like. Um, some states have left it very open-ended so pharmacists can obtain any, you know, ACPE accredited training or even through their schools of pharmacy. And other states have put certain restrictions in terms of the number of hours or whether it needs to be live versus online. And so pharmacists will really need to check with their own state board of pharmacy to make sure they're meeting the requirements or check with us and we're happy to fill them in. Awesome. Well, I know um, personally, I am very excited about having pharmacists um, being able to prescribe because even several years ago, um, had a situation where 
I needed some my prescription filled and uh, it was not able to be transferred. And uh, going out of town, I needed that prescription. And um, had I been able to go into the the retail pharmacy and have the pharmacist just, you know, continue on my regular prescription, it would have been a, mo- a lot easier than having to, to get in touch with a doctor and, and going through the whole rigmarole. Um, so what what have patients been saying about uh, this new service that, that pharmacists are providing? I'm glad you providing? shared your example because that's exactly the type of scenario that we're trying to really not let that situation be the reason why a patient then has to go without their birth control. Um, because there are lots of circumstances, you know, patients out of refills or they moved or maybe their regular pharmacy where the prescription is, is closed or their doctor's office is closed for the weekend. And we don't want these different circumstances to lead to a patient going without their birth control because we know, well, that the birth control was out of our systems very quickly. And, and that's how unintended pregnancies happen. Um, So it's really all about access. We know these medications are safe to use for most people. Um, They work well when used consistently. And so it's all about helping patients to do that and, and not holding them up for doctor's appointments or physical exams or other things that are not actually tied to medical evaluation of whether or not the product is safe for them to use. So it's really, you know, Yeah, getting patients what they need when they need it. Um, But the feedback has been generally very, very positive, which is encouraging. Um, We know that adoption of these services in some of the states has maybe been a little bit slower than we'd like to see. But as more and more pharmacies are providing the service, people are starting to learn about it, starting to use it. And in a recent study that we just completed earlier this year and are analyzing the data now, it was almost unanimously positive, you know, would refer, would recommend to a friend, um, would use the service again, and they're really, really happy with it. Um, generally, they, they're happy with the, the type of counseling they're receiving, the amount of time, the costs associated with the visit. Um, the major opportunity, I would say, for pharmacists who are providing the service or interested, where we can really step our game up as pharmacists is making sure that we are uh, allowing for privacy during the consultation. So it really is important for patients to have a private space or room where they can meet with a pharmacist and not have others who are able to see or hear their conversations. That is a great point. Um, And it's great to hear that there's been really positive feedback. And uh, again, it's just like, you know, once we were able to start providing immunizations, um, really the the pharmacy is such a great hub for um, more healthcare services. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to start to continue to to show that value um, and get, get paid for that. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. And Sally, how do you see spreading the news of this with the public or with those in the community? 
That is such an important piece of this because right now we've been so focused on increasing the supply, right? The number of pharmacies that are offering the service. And we have over 1,100 pharmacies right now across the country that are offering this service. But a lot of people still don't know that they can go to the pharmacy for their birth control. And what our goal is, is to really make this a household knowledge. Like, I know I can go to the pharmacy for my flu shot. I can also go straight to the pharmacy for my birth control. And we really have to come at it from many different ways. Of course, public awareness campaigns uh, that are more general, um, utilizing online marketing and different messaging, but also within the pharmacies that are offering this service. We're finding that currently that's the most effective way of reaching patients is they're already coming through your doors. So make sure you have signage, you're wearing one of our buttons that says birth control pharmacist and and have just different uh, messaging available to them. Uh, we know that works really well too. Um, so just coming at it from all the different angles, working with your local doctor's offices, other stakeholders, really just getting everyone excited about this as really just such an empowering service that's available now. Right. And Sally, another thing that you guys do, so a lot of states have passed laws, but there are still states that haven't, or maybe they just haven't enacted, um, or maybe the the pharmacists haven't rolled out uh, these services. Uh, is that something that you all can help with as well? Yeah, that's one of the things our organization is working towards is advocacy. Um, and we actually had our first annual uh, states forum on pharmacist birth control services at the APHA annual meeting, which we're planning to do again next year. And what we do is we come around in a round table and have all the different states sharing their experiences so that we can then help states who are interested in moving this type of a policy forward in designing their policy, maybe identifying a policymaker who can sponsor a bill or champion it for them, um, helping connect them with OBGYNs who might be interested in speaking up as champions for this and really organizing all the efforts that it takes to make a policy successful. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing about some of the other services that you all are doing with the birth control pharmacist. Thank you so much. I hope that it helps people and we can move this policy forward. Sally, what are some of the things that excite you about the future of pharmacy? Gosh, well, there's so much going on. I feel like there, our field is just evolving so quickly right now. It's a really exciting time to be a pharmacist. Um, and you know, in terms of our role with reproductive and sexual health, I see that expanding um, beyond just contraception. I, I see us getting more involved potentially in STD screening and treatment, HIV screening, and you know, PrEP, um, pre-exposure prophylaxis um, access, and also into potentially helping with um, pregnancy. Uh, management and in the postpartum period, we know that maternal morbidity and mortality is also another hot topic right now in this country where we're not doing the best that we can as a healthcare system as a whole. And so I think there's definitely room for pharmacists to help um, fill in some of the gaps or support the system and help reach patients closer to home where they are. Um, so I, I do think there's a lot of exciting things coming for us. Um, another area that I'm working on is uh, around access to medication abortion and looking at some of the restrictions on that. Currently, there's a REMS program around the Mifepristone product that requires the clinician who's providing the medication abortion to also dispense the drug. 
And unfortunately, that holds up a lot of clinicians and physicians from providing medication abortion because they don't want to act as a pharmacy. They don't want to have to stock medications and dispense medications. And so we're looking at whether it would be safe and feasible to just have pharmacy dispensing of that drug like every other drug. So that would also help potentially more providers be able to provide a service where all they have to do is write a prescription like they do with everything else and send the patient on their way to go to the pharmacy to get their medications. Um, And Sally, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists who are just getting started in their career? You know, I definitely think that sometimes there isn't a paved road to the type of career you want to have and just to really not be scared to create your own path and look for what excites you and what you're passionate about and where you can provide the most unique value to patients or to the healthcare system as a whole and and pursue it. And um, don't be afraid to make connections and, and help people with their projects. And, and they'll be then willing to help you with your projects. And ultimately, I think our patients will benefit when we're all pursuing things that we're passionate about. Excellent. Yes. And it was so great to connect with you in person at APHA. Uh, You guys had a booth and were sharing about some of the ways that um, you're helping um, pharmacists get started with um, offering uh, birth control in other states and and spreading that work. So um, keep up the good work and, and it's great to see additional services that pharmacy is able to provide. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And if you want to learn more about uh, birth control, pharmacies, and where uh, some of those are, are happening across the country, be sure to check out their website, The Birth Control Pharmacist, for more information about all of the different things that they offer. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.